I really wish I had been recording when I said that because it's actually really funny. But yeah, all, all technology hates me today, and you know what? It's fine. So everything's fine. We're all fine here. <sighs> everything's fine. It's all fine. Everything's fine. I listened to the podcast from when Rocco quit today. Was this the? Yeah, cause that's right. Cause oh, we did the, the one, one for me. The, quit or the after the tech game? We, we we we. I think he's saying he listened to both. I listened to both. Yeah. Ferber, we got to get you. A, we got to get you some hobbies, my guy. Because <laughs> well, I mean, I was working. I was doing a job. Yeah. Okay. Right, right. But I'm saying, like, you could you could listen to podcasts about like I don't know F1 or something fun, you know, reliving yeah. Bronco, like reliving the tech loss and then Bronco quitting. But wait, hold on. Were we smart? <laughs> oh man. Um. You know, I think we did all right. <laughs> wow, uh, that's a Reagan endorsement. Welcome, everyone, to the CavsCorner.com podcast, CavsCorner.com, your source for Virginia sports. I am Brad Franklin, publisher of CavsCorner.com, coming to you live from the place for Franklin Estates in the West End of Richmond, where it is Wednesday, September the 20th. Cavaliers coming off of a another disappointing loss, this time 42-14 um, to 14 in College Park, a, a rough evening um, in the former Bird Stadium. I don't remember what it was called now. Sorry, guys. Um, it, just a... Just a really, especially the second half, just an absolute, um, you know, a route. I mean, there's just no other way around it. So that that drops UVA to 0-3. Cavaliers have NC State this Friday night. Going to open up the uh, ACC slate with Brennan Armstrong and the um, fighting Dr. Bobs. Um, we will no doubt get to previewing that. We will also discuss sort of where things sort of are with uh, with the program and various positions and, and whatnot coming out of the Maryland game. Before we get started, let's go around and introduce everybody. First, in Fishersville, board moderator du jour himself, David Spence, is on the show. How's it going, my friend? Yeah, pretty good. Yeah, I was thinking, I believe it's 2016 was the last time we were 0-3. Um, Seven years, like I'd like it to be in at least another seven years where we have this conversation again. Who Dave's on the board at? Who Dave's on Twitter? Uh, I I, I would agree with that. All <laughs> right, in uh, Charlottesville, editor in chief Justin Ferber is also on this year program. How's it going, my dude? I'm good. I survived College Park. Um, That's right, you did. Oh man, we yeah. didn't even. I didn't even make a joke about that. I should have made a joke about that. I got through it. I, I made it through. One guy whispered, "UVA sucks" in my ear, and I was like, "Thanks." <laughs> Um, that was really weird. At Justin underscore Ferber on Twitter. Cavs going also on Twitter. Cavs underscore corner. Great place for the in-game updates, the content items, and the occasional banter. I just want to – I think the last time you were in College Park, you got – we got food poisoning, right? Wasn't that when we – or no, we didn't get food poisoning. We both got like some sort of like upper respiratory flu-like thing. Am that I, was I for basketball. Or? Well, right. there. so there was like uh, some of this is self-inflicted. I, I had a little bit of the Saturday night flu on Sunday morning oh, going to happens. College Park. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it was a noon basketball game. 
and the food was Buffalo Wild Wings, which yes, is it was. just like, you know, not great <laughs> for, for at, you know, 11 a.m. on an ACC regular season finale game. And, you know, UVA lost the game, over, the game in overtime, Maryland's last ACC game. I sat next to Steve Francis, I believe, in the media section. You did. Which is which was weird. Um, but, yeah, so it's good. Every, every 10 years or so, you know, it's like – it's it's like you don't want to go to College Park more often than you have to get a new mattress. That is an extremely specific example, and I really uh, I really appreciate it. Um, but yes, I, I I'm very glad to have not gone to College Park. Uh, not just because the result was what it was, but also because I just I don't like College Park. Um, every time I go there, something some calamity ensues, um, and I don't mean like the game. I mean just something. All right. Speaking of College Park, forty two fourteen Cavaliers. Look, took a quick um, lead in this game. Um, <laughs> homeboy returned that thing 98 yards. And, um, man, from that point on, it felt like a very different uh, evening. Um, Calandria gets a start again. He goes 23-39 for 263 and a touch with three picks. Um, he also had a fumble, if memory serves. Um, four turnovers for UVA. Cavaliers did not force any. Um to his little brother went ham a little bit. Um, three forty-two through the air, ran for um, another. Uh, well, actually, it's funny because I guess um, technically the stats say he was negative seven, but I remember him moving around a lot better. Uh, maybe he maybe he just actually sack didn't yards. run. Yeah, that's fair. He had um, a negative twenty-six yard sack. Yeah, that'll do it. Um, or 16, 16. Malik Washington had a really nice game. Nine catches, a buck forty-one. Uh, his longest was a 49-yard catch. Fields, seven catches, 70 yards. Um, probably the the play of, I don't want to say the young season that, that we all would like to have back, but he dropped that one that would have been. If it wasn't going to go for a score, it was going to be pretty close. Um, but, it, again, just a, a really frustrating sort of evening. I, I, I want to ditch the good, bad, and ugly piece because, um, you know, the way this thing is trending, we're going to have a lot more of one or two of those than we're going to have of the – the first, so it's probably good for us to sort of just talk generally. And uh, let's just talk generally. I, I, obviously, this is a very frustrating result. Um, I, I don't think any of us sort of went into this thinking like UVA was, you know, a favorite to win the game or whatever, whatever. But I don't think that we expected Maryland to put up 28 points in the second half and score 42 unanswered um, in a route, right? You know, in a walk. And I, I think there's just there's just a lot of problems with this football team and maybe maybe some most of them are not problems that we all didn't foresee the problem the problem is is that all of the problems are just continuing to stack up now you've got a sort of a, a young quarterback who's coming off of a really rough outing in the second half so where's you know his confidence and what's the situation at quarterback going into this weekend you got kids deciding Hey, you know what? I'm going to redshirt the rest of this year so I can transfer. Um, you got, and I say kids there. I, I, I mean that currently there's one, but I mean, you know, um, that's certainly a, an option that has been used fairly, uh, I guess, more more often of late in various programs around the country, right? Um, the only, I don't know, happy note, good note is that the uh, offensive line might have found a solution of sorts, right? I thought. Uh, moving Stevens to center seemed to work well um, as you know in terms of where sort of this group is um, 
They're going to be without Antonio Clary for a while. Sounds like they're not going to have Lex Long this week against um, um, NC State. It's just not a whole lot of juice right now. Um, Dave, let's start with you. I, I mean, obviously, we're all very concerned about sort of where the season is headed. And um, I, I guess maybe how much of Friday's result, um, not just like colors that fear, but also sort of underscores it for you. I mean, it doesn't help it. Um, well, I'm I mean, not going to fave it. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> Exactly. It's uh it's weird. Like I didn't go back and rewatch the game till today. Um and I think just because of how bad it finished, like look, I, I'm not trying to I, mean, I feel like as we've been doing this a lot the last year and a half of you know, year and a quarter of football s- season is, you know, kinda trying to find some positives so the po- podcast doesn't sound negative, but you know, the team like they came out on fire. Like the 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 scheme, the the script to start that game was great and was executed well. Virginia found themselves up 14 on the road. Um, you can't really start much better than they did. And they still led deep into the, you know, you know, deep into the first half. And the game was still really close late in the third quarter. It just, it just turned quick. Um, but it turned quick because of the same issues we, we've seen this year, which is like the offense is coming along. Calandria, might be that guy, right? Um, if you can keep him healthy. And I think the offensive line definitely improved in the pass block, but, you know, and, and certainly snapped the ball better this week, which take every, you know, take every <laughs> um, improvement you can. But still, largely the offense is one dimensional. It's going to be complete a pass or, or, you know, get a couple yards on the ground uh, until you get in the red zone, which kind of, Harkens back to the Bronco area where we couldn't run the ball till we got to the red zone, but the um, but yeah, the defense just continues to struggle. I, I just it's mind-boggling to me. They're you know that the, everything they did. I think we talked about it last week. You know everything they did well last year. Um, you know it's not like they're significantly downgraded in talent. They are downgraded. Um, you know losing players like Nick and. And Fentrell and, and Anthony Johnson are—it's tough, but um, the fundamentals that the whole team did well this year—they continue to struggle with, and they just don't. You know, this team's got a thin margin for error to start with, um, and at some point, you know, if the defense doesn't help, or even if the defense doesn't create negative plays, like you know, the offense can't go full field every drop. So it's been—it's frustrating, and you know, I'm trying to. Trying to be positive because we got at least nine more of these things to watch, God willing. Um, and they're, you know, they're players having good years, but the units as a whole have have been disappointing. With shockingly, and you know, the defense being the the most disappointing outside of special teams, which haven't been great for years, you know, for a couple of years now. So, um, the game itself, like, it kind of gave you everything we talked about, right? Like. Maybe Calandria is the guy, but maybe this program's got deeper issues that I don't know can be fixed quick enough to take advantage of a little dip in the schedule coming up after this week. Um, it's going to take a good locker room and, and good everything else to you know win or lose this weekend to kind of take advantage of the the BC William Mary. You know the easily I think the the easiest two games back to back on the schedule all year. 
Yeah. Dave said something really profound in there. Um, and I don't think he necessarily. I wasn't listening. What do you say? <laughs> nice. He, he what what really struck me was when you said it turned quick, and it feels like that is something that you know we we'll, we obviously we're gonna give this thing obviously more games and such and such and such to see sort of how it all unfolds. But man, it turned quick. Feels uh, apropos in a variety of different ways. Um, I, I think the thing Ferber that frustrates me the most in watching this team is that like the offense did exactly what we all hoped they would be able to do, which is they've taken steps forward. And not only has the defense regressed, but the special teams somehow have regressed even worse. Um, and it feels, it feels like that. Um, whereas, you know, it wasn't that long ago. It felt like, you know, maybe early in Broncos days, right. That there would be a thing and, yeah, maybe the team didn't play very well. Maybe they, you know, weren't as talented as they needed to be to to win, you know, enough one on one matchups and such. But like they got they they worked on something and it cleaned up week to week to week, right? So something reared its head on Saturday. By the next Saturday, things were better. I don't feel like Virginia is getting better um, in a lot of these things that are frustrating us, right? The special teams is as you did a really good job of sort of um, breaking down this week. Like special teams continues to be a net negative. Um, in a, in a variety of different ways, which is just so problematic, not just for any, not just for, um, you know, a team that needs a lot of things to go right in order to, you know, make up some deficits or whatever, but like for any team really. Right. And so for me, it's not even just like, Oh, there's this play or there's that play or whatever. It's the whole, the whole operation seems, um, kind of not necessarily like disjointed per se, but it just feels like, Whatever the answer is, they haven't figured it out yet. And that's troubling, not because it's, you know, the end of September, but because, like, this is supposed to be the year, right, as you kind of broke down leading into the season, right? This is supposed to be the year when things start to kind of take root a little bit, right, when the, when there's, when, when, the, when the program's supposed to be getting its footing, and that's just not what I'm seeing right now. Yeah, I mean, I think um... – in the micro, you can see things that are like, okay, this is better than maybe it was last year, or this is a bright spot. Um, but if you kind of like take a step back and look at the big picture, I think I agree with where you are, which is like, they're just not, they haven't been good enough. I don't know how, what else to say. Um, just because like, the, for one, this season has sort of played out like we thought it would. I mean, the only difference really, honestly, is that they lost to JMU. And what I would describe as a coin flip game where they just didn't make enough plays um you know and and that's disappointing because i think if you win that game even if it's by like three um maybe people aren't you know ready to jump off the ledge yet just given who they've played um but you know like if you go back to to friday like the 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 thing that struck me great start obviously and not just the offense i mean the defense got two stops um, which is good. And and then obviously they were fortunate that Maryland missed a long field goal. Um, but you know, then, then the special teams play and then things kind of like unraveled. Um, I'll go to the offense first. Like, you know, the, the, they're showing promise. I think they've, they've definitely made some strides from last year. Um, I think it's just come, they have to find a way to like compl- play a complete game, you know, like against JMU, they started slow and ended slow and had a really good stretch in the middle. Against Maryland, they started really hot and then weren't able to kind of keep it going. 
And they did. I mean, if you go look at the stats and watch the game, they moved the ball. Like, I think they only had like one three and out in the whole game. Um, you know, and if you look at like what killed their drives, it was a variety of different things. Um, but there was always something that kind of got in the way. Um, you know, they scored the first two touchdowns and after the kick return, the first play of the next drive is a holding penalty. So you're in first and 20. Um, you know, I'm thinking ahead a little bit. The Eli Wood holding call, UVA would have had first and 10 at the Maryland 24 up seven in the first half in the second quarter. Um, you know, and and then like Malachi's drop and, and Calandria taking a 16 yard sack on first and 10 at, right around midfield. Um, those things kind of kept you from being able to be ahead, um, I think. And then ultimately, you know, they, they moved the ball down and got into to what, like the 12 where he threw the pick. Um, you know, and that, that play, I, I'm not saying UVA wins the game if he scores a touchdown there, uh, or even if they kick a field goal, but I mean, you could feel like it, it, you know, I think looking back on it, it's like, man, Maryland just handled them, but it's like going into the fourth quarter, UVA had the momentum. They were down yeah. seven at the 12. Um, and like, you know, the crowd was chanting UVA and like the fans were into it and, and then they just weren't able to kind of finish that. And that's kind of been like the story of the season on the offensive side. I feel like is like against JMU, they, they capitalized because they hit the big plays for touchdowns and then they kind of finished up in the red zone and this game, they didn't have as many big plays down the field, sometimes because it drops, sometimes because of other things. Um, and then ultimately like the drive will eventually sputter out. And that's how, honestly, going to the defense, that's how UVA's defense ended up being better last year is because that's what they did. They were like, we're not going to give up big plays. We're going to make you drive the field, and eventually you'll screw something up or you'll have a penalty or we'll sack you or something, and we'll get off the field. And it worked against some of the worst teams they played, and it didn't really work so well against some of the better teams they played. And against Maryland, I think they started out pretty good. They did a better job overall against the run than I expected them to. Um, but ultimately, like they they let the quarterback make too many plays. They let him extend plays too long. He was able to make some deep shots down the field. They didn't really tackle as well as they could have. Um, and ultimately, like they didn't get the stops they needed in like in the bright red zone, whatever you want to call it, like inside the five. <laughs> um, they just haven't been good enough in any of the phases really to win these games against these types of teams, how they do against, you know, teams that might not be as good in the future. Like we'll see, maybe they'll have a better chance. I mean, obviously they'll have a better chance, but um, we'll see if they capitalize. And then special teams, like I think they really only had like the one really bad play, but it's the one thing you cannot do on special teams, which is give up points. Like you just can't. Um, and they've done it two weeks in a row in two different ways. And that, to me, screams guys not being in the right position or not being taught correctly or scheme. So, like, it's just poor coaching management of the special teams units. And, you know, against JMU, it, it might have cost you the game. And in this game, it cost you the momentum because UVA had all momentum when they went up yeah. 14 nothing, yeah. And then it was completely zapped away from them. You know, they go you know, kick return touchdown allowed. And then, like I said, the next drive, the first play of the drive was a holding call. And right. then that, I think that was their one, three and out in the game. Um, and, and they still hung around and, you know, like they were a couple plays away from getting off the field here and there, but ultimately they weren't one or two plays away from winning this game. They were probably like 12 <laughs> and it's like, that's, you know, that's about where they are right now against a team like Maryland. The weird part that, and, and I don't know if you guys had this sort of, I don't want to call it a revelation, but if you had this thought, like there were times 
remember early in Broncos tenure, he talked a lot about like needing to get the guys to believe they could win. Right. And how sort of just defeated dudes were. Right. And how it's, it feels like it's creeping back in. <laughs> right. Exactly. And, and what's what's wild is, is like, at least with that staff, you had a guy who had like built a thing and had some success and had a staff around him that like, even if you didn't necessarily always understand his methods, you understood that like he clearly fervently believes in them, right? I mean, trying to have that same um, perspective or that same vantage point or that same sort of takeaway for this current staff is really difficult. And I'm not trying to, I'm really not trying to be, um, I'm, you know, it's not a hot take. I'm not trying to be dramatic here. It's just like, with that group, you could look at it and say, okay, they know what success looks like. Well, the only success, right, on a tangible level that I feel like this staff has had, not only did it not come, obviously, here, but they, you know, Tony wasn't the head coach of that program. And the program in question is just, there's just no analog, right? Uh, there's no comparison. Bronco, I think, did a nice job over the years of, of translating his experience to BYU and how it applied to his experience now at UVA. Right. What on what in what universe is anything that Tony experienced in, in Clemson uh, applicable? Right. The only thing that's applicable is the X's and O's. Right. The only thing that matters is the football. And I watch this team and I just don't see um, I don't see guys like, you know, taking those steps. Now, again, I don't want to make it seem like they, there aren't some. I don't see enough of them. Right. Calandra in his play, despite what was a disastrous, you know, end of the game for him in a lot of ways. Right. But he's, he is, he is the one proof of concept, right? Here's a guy that they went out and got that wasn't super heavily recruited, a guy who fits what they want to do, a guy that clearly understands a lot more um, than dudes typically do um, about that position at this point in their career. They've gotten him ready. He's looked like a real bona fide starting quarterback, a young one, right? Guy who's going to make some mistakes, guy who's going to take some lumps, but a dude who can make some plays and, and bring a little bit of excitement, some juice, right? I just look around this team right now and I see like there are talented pieces that just feel like pieces and not part of a greater, um, bigger picture. And it, to me, feels like that Bronco thing because... It, but in reverse, right? Where it felt like then what Bronco was trying to do is he's trying to put people back together. And it's like right now, it's like the thing is still breaking apart. And the special team side of this, right? Like we talk a lot about margin of error. We talk a lot about like, you know, we, in the past, we used to talk about like, all right, they just don't get enough explosive plays. And when you don't get ex explosive plays, you know, it's really hard to put together 10, 11, 12, 13 play drives because at some point, inevitably, you're going to get a false start or inevitably you're going to get a hold, whatever, Right guy's going to drop a pass, whatever you, you, it's really hard to be perfect. It's not hard to hit one big play one time. Um, what I'm getting the sense now is that like defensively for, I forget how you framed it, phrased it, but like the bend, but don't break that always breaks. It's not like, it's just not sustainable, right? Special teams can't continue to be such a negative. Um, I mean, Daniel Sparks is having a nice year. But other than him, I mean, the whole operation feels like it's just in a really bad spot. And it's not, not only is it not helping the team, it's it's actively hurting the team. It's putting points on the board for the opposition, um, which is like the one thing that they can't do. Um, and the hardest thing for me to sort of process is like, 
I feel like UVA in in some spots is more talented than what I'm seeing on the field. And it just doesn't feel like things are moving that are and like if they're losing games, like at the end of the day, we like we talked about before the season, right? The record won't matter so much as it does. Like is the game plan coming together offensively? I feel like, all right, they're better off than I thought they were. Um, but only by a little bit, right? It's not like they've made huge strides there. They've made some strides there. They still only scored 14 points. But they still exactly where I was going. They still only scored 14 points. Like, yeah, they've got a great quarterback prospect, and they, you know, there's all this. But like at the end of the day, they still only scored 14 points. They didn't score anything after the first quarter, right? And I mean, no disrespect to Maryland, but it wasn't because Maryland's like the greatest defense in the history of mankind, right? It wasn't like Maryland was doing anything super duper special, you know? Maryland's just out there, you know, being better. And I, I just, I, I, I'm struggling with the idea that like this thing is going to turn around to the point where um, you're going to be able to look back and say, oh, there was this thing and they fixed it. And there's this thing and they fix it. And there's this thing and they fix it. Now, maybe they come out uh, against NC State and, you know, maybe it's fool's goal because Brendan tosses a couple of pick sixes like he did the last time he was there. Um, but maybe they come out against NC State and you're able to, be, you know, you get a win against a solid ACC team. You know what? Hey, good. And maybe then they roll off a couple wins, and we're looking back thinking, man, we were kind of sounded kind of silly on that podcast. But man, it's not great, and it's hard. I mean, I, I know you guys agree with me, so I'm not. You know, we're not gonna we're not gonna be. <laughs> the only thing I might disagree, I think I do take a little bit of issue with the talent thing. All right, tell um, me, tell me what you think. I just don't think that they're very talented. Well, all right, <laughs> like, let me rephrase. All right, do, is there? So I think what I said was they have some talent. Yeah, I think I think there's some guys that maybe like are too young to really play a lot at this point that might end up being pretty good. And I think the talent is not equally distributed either. Like that's I, fair. I, I like I like some of the wide receivers, but right now it's basically two dudes, and then it's like a bunch of young guys that I like, but they're young, so they're you know coming along. Offensive line, I mean, we we've talked a lot about them. I mean, and I, I give them credit for moving Stevens to center. I mean, I think that I, that's not something I would have considered. <laughs> um, but you know, it I've seems also, to work. I'm, you know, so give. I'm not there. Yeah, I mean, and if it works, that's cool. And I also think that whoever's designing the offense is doing a pretty good job with Calandria of kind of like keeping him out of danger and like getting him out of the pocket. And we talked a lot about how like a nine would kind of half the field for the quarterback. I mean, that's what they're doing. You know, they're they're getting him out of the pocket and kind of like giving him a route tree on one side of the field. And that's why I actually thought the red zone call, the throwback to Sackett Wood was a really good call to kind of like break the tendency, but Maryland covered it really well. Um, but yeah, I mean like, I think that, you know, if you have talent at quarterback, it can make up for a lot. So I think maybe that ends up helping them, but um, you know, like I, I think one of the issues with the defense right now is like the, part of the issue with their getting gashed on the ground or like giving up passing plays is really just guys getting beat one-on-one. Um, and, and there are ways you can kind of try to scheme to change that. I honestly, I'm not, you know, again, I'm not a coach, but I think if I was going to do something, I might philosophically just get a little bit more aggressive and be like, well, we're giving up points anyway. We're just doing it slower, you know, cause we're getting bled to death on the ground. Um, or we're giving up chunks of yards. It's like maybe, maybe just try to get like off the field on one sack because that is how. Like, look what happened to UVA on Friday. You know, one play will derail the whole drive. Um, 
you need to find a way to get that negative play and get off the field. And, yeah. you know, yeah. if, if they can do that, great. I mean, I think that's the recipe for them to be competitive this year is probably to be better on the defensive side because I think the offense can be a little better than what we've seen, but there's a cap, you know, whereas that's I think fair. the defense can play a lot better than they've played. Dave, real quick before I let you, let me let me just say, to be clear, Ferber's correct. I'm not saying like this is a super, I'm not saying that. And I think it's interesting, like a quarterback and two wide receivers, like that's, you know, that's a decent little chunk of humanity for your offense, right? You and those guys are still making plays, even though everybody knows that they're right. the guys. Like, exactly, you know? which is a good sign. My problem is, is that on defense, I do feel like there's more talent. And like you said, it's either guys are sort of whatever they're being asked to do, they're not doing it well or doesn't fit them as well. Or they're just not in a position yet to do the thing they need to do, right? And in fairness, um, they've had some guys hurt, you know? And, they've, ha and so. they've had some guys hurt. But I do think that the defense has more talent than we've seen them put results on the board. And I don't mean that in the sense of, like, they should be, like, you know, um, the steel curtain. But they should absolutely be able to stop JMU from having two eight-play 80-yard drives, right, in the fourth quarter. Like, I'm not saying that you necessarily need to be incredible. I'm just saying that, like... This team, this defense has more talent on it to be able to be like decent than it does to be like playing like they're playing right now. All right, Dave, what were you going to say? Yeah, I mean, I don't think any of us expected the offense to be wonderful this year, right? I mean, if you look at what this offense has lost, um, shoot, since Bronco left, and then add on what we left la lost last year with you know Brennan and Wicks and uh, Lavelle and and Chandler, unfortunately, but there's a lot of talent this. Offense loss. I don't think any of us expected them to come out and score thirty points a game this year, especially with you know a transfer quarterback from Monmouth and you know and and a guy who was committed to Middle Tennessee State um, as his backup. I mean, at this point, last you know this early in the offseason last year, I think we all expected this was going to be Jay Wolfick's team, and he's not even on the roster anymore. So there's been a lot of turnover. So the offense, if anything, to me, like if you want to, I would say the offense is better than I thought they'd be, or better than. And I fear they'd be, um, and maybe not as good as my, you know, preseason this disease would have hoped they'd be. Right. But they're they're okay. They're not scoring a lot of points. But when you've got an offense like that, you got to help them. And you know, the fact of the matter is, the defense, despite what they lost last year, has enough pieces where they should not be 129th in points per game allowed. Granted, they played ten. How many teams are they, Dave? Uh, there's 130. 130, um, right? 133, 133. So there are, yeah. You know, um, they, I mean, they haven't. They they played Tennessee, they played Maryland, uh, and they played JMU. They haven't played a week schedule, but Tennessee is not as good as we thought they were. And Maryland gave up fourteen. It was down fourteen nothing to Charlotte, um, and then JMU only gave up what fourteen last week, or only scored sixteen against Troy. Yeah, it was, it was like sixteen fourteen or nineteen seventeen or something like that. Yeah, so we, we won't know how good those teams are until later in the year. Um, but the defense, not only has the defense been disappointing, there is a, you know, if you project, and I think that's what you do as a fan, like you can deal with pain and losing if you know it's getting better. But you look at that defense, and they're losing a lot of pieces this year. Um, and yeah, they're like, not allowed they the pipeline to replace them. Yeah. So, like, like what? how is that getting better? And then, okay, so the defense took a step back. Well, if you know your offense isn't great and you lost some pieces on defense, you better be really good on special teams or we're not. 
I mean, it looks like they spend five minutes of practice, which evidently they only spend when the media comes to open. <laughs> Dude, to open all they did was special teams over there. It's hilarious. That might be the only time they do it, evidently, looking at what we've seen. I mean, Betrish can't get the ball out of the, off the ground. Ganyard, like, you know, the story is wonderful, but the guy's not kicking the ball deep. Um, the one thing you cannot do is put the what? ball in play. You just, yeah. even if it's strategy or, or not, it's like you you just kick the ball out of bounds at this point. Exactly, you're better <laughs> off to to have someone come from the stands and kick it out of bounds. Um, because Virginia would have been down fourteen seven with Maryland at the ball. I mean fourteen nothing with Maryland on the thirty five. I'd take that all day. Um, and then you know if you're a bad defense, at least be disruptive and give up big plays. But they're not doing that either. I think it's been what six games since the defense forced a turnover. Um, that's correct. The only what, turnover they forced the is year? the punt against Tennessee that Tennessee just literally dropped. Yeah. Yeah. And we, I don't know if we said it on the podcast, but who's number two on the team on tackles for loss? TFL yards, I believe yeah. it is. And that would yeah. be Sue who hasn't played Sue, since who's... the first half of the Tennessee game. Yeah. Um, so the, the defense, especially with all that returning talent on defensive line, um, or like should be performing better. Um, so it, it's just, it's been so bad, man. Like it's, I try to be positive and I'm, I'm like, I really like some of the pieces on the offense and I really like some of the players. Yeah, I like, I mean, I like the team. I like the players. I just don't, I, I can't figure out where this, I don't know if there's one little thing they have to fix to be better. Like there's a lot of things they have to get better in to get where they're competitive. Um, yeah. I told you guys in the text thread, but for, not, not only is the defense 129th at 133, but if you just took up the points Virginia's allowed in the fourth quarter, the defense would still only be 31st in the country. Like, there's 30 teams who have given up less points per game than Virginia gives up in the fourth quarter. Uh, 47 to 3, Virginia's been outscored in the fourth quarter. Oh, um, God. And, and the three was in no an uncompetitive situation. Yeah, I mean, Tennessee was calling off the dogs, what, early third quarter in that game, yeah. basically. So, um, And Virginia still got outscored 14 to 3 in that quarter. So it's... Like something's going on, um, and it's not good. And there's not more games of it, so let's hope it gets better. Yeah, I mean, I think like you just brought up a really good point, and yeah, I th- I think that there's some things when you look at this defense that, that, you know, they they just have to find a way to get off the field more, and 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 now you're starting to see them give up the big plays too, and it seems like they're that's the one area where maybe they're making some personnel changes. <laughs> You know, you saw Dre Walker start getting playing time and, and yeah. Caleb Hardy was in there. And yeah, I mean, it, it's that's an area where maybe you just kind of skew a little younger, <laughs> especially like you said, with an eye to next year and, and what the defense might look like. Maybe Cam Robinson should just, you know, play more and maybe take his lumps a little bit. Um, and I think, again, I, I'm going to mention this. I think this will probably be the last time because now they're in the ACC play. But again, if UVA played... Syracuse's schedule where they played Colgate and whoever the Western Michigan, we probably wouldn't be having this conversation right now. Um, and that doesn't mean the team would be better, but you know, at least it buys you some time <laughs> instead yeah. they got their, they got kicked in the teeth by three good teams. Um, I mean, you can still, the JMU game was obviously a game they could have won and you know, you could say they should have won it. Um, but you know, it's like they're really you're really finding out where this team is early against good teams, and I I do think Maryland's going to be pretty good. So I mean, but it kind of that's the one thing I knew out of the Tennessee game was like well, the one thing we know for sure about this team is that they're not going to be great. 
because like a great team wouldn't get blown out like they did against Tennessee. And now we know that they're not good either, you know, because, you know, they've played two other good teams and one was close, but, you know, they lost at home and then the other one, you know. And I I do think, like, it's worth saying, like like I said before, like in the Maryland game, like it was a game in the fourth quarter. And then it it got, it really spiraled. I mean, Maryland's last two touchdowns were on short fields. Um, So, I mean, like the, the actual score of the game probably should have been something like... 31 to 14 or something and that doesn't i'm not saying that to make people feel better but like you know if you just look at the score it's it's not really indicative of how close the game was for the first three quarters yeah i mean i'm starting to make i'm curious about what you guys think but do you remember like early in the bronco era and like all the london era it was um you know virginia would might have a good game plan coming in but they just struggled to adjust when the other team made an adjustment and I think that's exactly what you saw Friday night. Like Maryland yeah. didn't know how to handle us the first couple of drives. And even a couple of drives after that, even though we didn't score, we missed some plays. Um, and once Maryland kind of figured out what we were trying to do, we had no counter, you know, and the same on the defensive side. Like, yeah, you know, I think Maryland just kind of looked flat to start the game. As soon as they got locked in, we had no counter. Um, I don't know if that's just a, you know, as the game goes on, depth kind of shows more. Um, I definitely felt what you're thinking. On the team, but yeah, I it's definitely just like, felt that on the UVA's defense, where it was like the first couple of drives they got stops, and Maryland was just like a little off. You know, a couple passes yeah. were a little off, and like the running game didn't quite get it right. But then they made a couple of adjustments, and then they got cooking. Um, yeah, the offense I feel like moved the ball, and then they got in their own way a lot. Um, yeah. And some of that is maybe just, that's just how Maryland plays defense, and they're just like because they didn't have they didn't create any negative plays until the interception started coming, and then you know, in the words of Smash Mouth, they just kept coming. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, to me, like, look, I was okay, okay with the way we. Glandier is just like, well, we we're gonna no, lose. I, I don't I do honestly, something, so let's do something. I, I mean, um, we, we were talking about it on the way out, and I was like, the first, the last two interceptions, I don't even care about because the game was basically over then. No, like, the only bad one was the twenty-one to fourteen interception. Yeah, I mean, the other ones were that was just a dude trying to hope something worked so we can. And the second, the even game. the second one was tipped at the line, and that was just a crazy play. The third one, he was like, "Screw it, I'm just throwing it." <laughs> like you right. know, yeah, and that's fine. I don't even care. You know, at that point, the game's over. All right, let's uh let's get to this week's uh challenge, which is the fighting bird in Armstrong's. I I don't know. Uh, I you know, it's funny. It's like I feel like everywhere I look, you know, there's Brennan this and Brennan that. But in maybe this is just a, the state of sort of the, you know, in-state media and whatnot. But I don't feel like I've seen a whole lot of stories about it. Like I don't know, maybe I'm just, you know, dense. Um but it Obviously, it's a major storyline for this thing, the the UVA connections with, with NC State and, um, and sort of what what the moment will be like when, when Brennan is out there. I, I, I was on uh, my friend J.C. Zimbel's podcast uh, earlier this evening. Um, he runs um, the rival site for NC State. And, you know, I, I genuinely think the mix the, the reaction will be mixed. I think you'll have some folks who, who will cheer him and you'll have some folks who will, uh, you know, at least initially. Right. And some folks who were not going to be happy. Right. I mean, it's just, you know, the sort of natural way of transfer things. Right. Folks are happy with the transfers they get and angry about the transfers they lose. Um, but I, I like I told Jason, I, I think this thing is um, this thing is gone. I mean, 
can you imagine what the season would be like if Brendan come back? You know, like how di- you know, like it'd I think be zero and three. Yeah, well, fair. Um, I think it's been best for everybody. Um, you know, change of scenery and all that fun stuff. Um, but now I I do think from a football standpoint, he presents some challenges. Um, UVA's got to make him throw. Um, and make him make the mistakes that you know he's made um, throughout his career. He's a he's always been a little bit of a gunslinger. Sometimes more more than others. Um, you know he he certainly is a guy who can help you out with his legs, and certainly is a guy who's um, um, to borrow the the term his his starter his backness is 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 a big benefit. But at the same time, the more you can make him a little bit more one dimensional the better. My problem with that, uh, Dave, let's start with you, is I really have a hard time seeing, especially because I think D- NC State has a pretty solid defense, I have a hard time seeing Virginia being in a position to sort of make NC State kind of come back, making them throw. Now, Bob might just do it anyway because that's who he is. Um, what's your general sense of the the football side of this, the, the matchup um, from UVA's point of view? Um, yeah, so... NC State's not air raid. I kept seeing it being kind of tweeted the last couple of days. Other people like you know the air raid offense of Dr. Bob's coming to town. This offense looks like more physical than anything we ran with Bryce Perkins or anyone else. Um, Brendan's throwing a lot, but he's throwing like little checkdowns and a lot of wide receiver screens. It it looks like a it looks more like. Um, the offense that BYU was running when Virginia beat them, <laughs> when when I was the uh, offensive coordinator at BYU, than it does anything we saw under Virginia. So, uh, NC State's really physical, and their defense. You know, we're going to be focused on the offense because of Dr. Bob and Brennan and and Touje, but their defense is really good. Um, so Virginia's going to have to like it's going to take some some luck and some mistakes and not making our own mistakes for Virginia to have a chance in that game, um, in this game. But fourth, this is the fourth straight opponent Virginia has played that won eight games last year. Um, and it's just, we, we're none of us are in the locker room. So it's, where is this team? Do they come out too hyped? Are they too flat? Cause they've had, you know, cause of what happened the last couple of weeks or, or what? Um, I don't know what kind of crowd to expect. Uh, it's not going to be the JMU size just because it's a Friday night and, Y'all know my feelings on weeknight games in Charlottesville. But um, hopefully there's some juice. But, yeah, even if this was not Brendan at quarterback, this NC State team is is, is physical to a point, like Tennessee physical, um, which doesn't bode well for a defense, you know, for a defense that's kind of struggled as the season's gone on. 3-3-5 um... – a lot of size uh, at various positions. I, the Wilson kid is a very solid linebacker. Um, they got the ODU transfer um, on the on the defensive back in the defensive backfield. I, I just feel like in a lot of ways, Virginia's gonna have to to win this game for Virginia's gonna have to be somebody that Virginia has not been all season long. Right? Special teams are gonna have to be clean. Uh, offense is going to have to be able to be efficient and the defense is going to have to actually create some turnovers. Um, maybe one of those things has happened occasionally, but the the vast majority of them have not let alone all at once. Um, to do that, I, I mean, I don't care if the game's at home and there's all the, you know, fun LED lights and such, right? Like, um, 
it feels like this is a real challenge for UVA in a variety of different ways, in part because of where UVA is right now. Is that fair to say? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, for UVA's defense, I think the you kind of nailed the the challenge, which is deal with the running game and and try to make them throw. And I'm not saying that Brennan can't beat them with his arm. I, I don't know that he has the guys on the edge that are like as good as guys he's played with here. Um, you know, when the offense was at its best. And I think that's why they're leaning a little bit more on the ground game. And the one thing I will say about Robert and I, and this is something that we talked about when he got here um, and through his time here, really, he's somebody who he doesn't, he's not an air raid coach or anything like that. He, he plays to the players he has and tries to maximize it. And I think he usually does a pretty good job of that. You know, when Bryce Perkins and Jordan Ellis were there, they ran the ball a lot. Um, when you had Jelani Woods and Don Tavian Wicks and Brandon Armstrong, he threw the ball a lot. Um, so, I mean, I think what he sees with this NC State team is they're better off kind of being physical and leaning on their defense a little bit more. Um, and I think that that's probably going to win them some games this year. And I think the big challenge on for UVA's defense is going to be uh, third downs, you know, like keeping mm-hmm. Brennan in the pocket. Um, maybe you almost design your defense to just keep him from running and like make him throw, even if it, you give it to him um, and just kind of keep him at bay and, and just don't give him the running lanes. Cause what I saw last week against Maryland, you know, Tagovailoa is not really a running quarterback. He can move. Um, but, you know, on third downs in particular, he made a few plays with his legs Um and just getting out of the pocket and making throws where I was like, this isn't going to work out next week, you know, like, cause Brennan's going to take off a run for 25 yards and he doesn't even have to worry about putting the ball in the air to, to move the chains. Um, and I think that's where he can hurt them this week the most. And um, that's an area where they're going to have to do really well there. And then in the red zone. And that's, you know, um, that's a big thing just because like you look at how the Syracuse game played out last year and, uh, Rudd actually did a pretty good job against the nice Syracuse offense. And, and, you know, they gave up yards, but they did a good job of not allowing touchdowns. And that really kept them in the game. Um, you know, just keeping I think Syracuse had to kick like five field goals and they didn't score a touchdown after their first drive. So, um, you know, it's not exactly the same team, but, you know, I think you'll have kind of, you need to have the same kind of fortune if you're going to win it. And they also forced four turnovers in that game, which helped, um, and then on offense, I think it's going to be about keeping your quarterback upright and clean. Um, you're going to have to make some plays. I think, honestly, like if they're going to win the game, it's probably going to be more of a JMU offense recipe. I don't think you have to score 35 points, but like um, hitting some shots, you know, and and moving the chains that way. And because I don't know that you're going to have as much sustained ball movement as you did against Maryland. Um, you know, just because they're going to be more physical at the point of attack and, and they have good linebackers, they're going to tackle well. The, there's now a lot more film on what they want to do with Calandria, and I think Malik Washington will be a big focal point for the defense this week considering how much he was able to do last week and the week before. Um, so I think they'll they'll kind of force Calandria to find other guys. And, um, yeah, he's going to have to find a way to do that, and they're going to have to – I mean, the only way they're going to win this game, I think, is if they eke it out by just – you know, getting up, to, they probably have to get to like the twenty-four-ish point range to have a chance, um, and then that would require the defense to play well. But they're probably gonna have to make some plays. I don't see them having like long, sustained drives all day long like they did last week. So um, they're gonna have to find a way to engineer some some shots down the field. 
I just want to stay. Oh, and also don't give up a special teams touchdown. Yeah, that's probably not. A- yeah, I guarantee if a special team gives up a point, Virginia's not winning this game. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's, that's yeah. Uh, real quick before we get to predictions, Casey Concepcion is one of the greatest names in the history of uh, the ACC. Like that is just an all-time great. Yeah, that's a good one. That's Porter an all-time Rooks. great. That's a that's, good name that's, too. Yeah, I'd still say I, I think I still think right now Casey Concepcion is in the locker room uh, ahead of the pack. No pun intended. Um, as the name of the year so far. All right. Okay. Let's get any, to, uh, can I get odds on tackle eligible play? Oh God, God that is the. Imagine, dude. Imagine if he imagine did it. it. Imagine I think they're gonna pump. It. I think they're gonna pump fake to a tackle and hit. Like they run so many bubble screens. I can see him like just having the tackle drop back and having Brennan pump fake that way and then turn around and throw the wide receiver screen the other. Yeah. This is. A I kind think we of said this odd. before though, but like the play you run there is you do a QB draw because you have all the blocking. Like, yeah. You know? True. Can I all right, look? I, look, I, I think there's something. I mean, we, we know. Dr. Bob didn't leave on the best of terms. All right. I mean, I think that's out there, right? Well, like, also, you know that he's coming in with the idea of like, we're going to get Brendan his. Like, you know, yeah. they're going to be trying to get some for their guy. And that makes sense. You know, I mean, I don't think 2J or Brendan come in with near the like animosity as, as Dr. Bob does. Um, so, wh- whatever that means, well, I guess we'll find out under the, under the new lights. <laughs> yeah. Under the new lights. Um, you know the last play we saw under the lights at Scott Stadium, right? Uh, don't you do oh, it? No, don't you do well, it? Well, it wasn't no. the last play, but the it next wasn't the one. last play. It was the next yeah. to last play. All right, with all I those mean, I, w- I blacked out after that, so it was the last play I saw. Like, I mean, I don't. I, I think yeah, everybody it was left after the that they tried to throw it to Jelani Woods against one-on-one coverage. Yeah. Oh Shocker. man, what to give but to get Jelani Woods back? All right, um, let's get to the let's get to the predictions. Um, it's time. All right. In <laughs> Dave in the preseason, you had Virginia losing this game 13 to 10. Um how how do you feel about the Hoos and the Wolfpack now? Yeah, um I mean, I thought our defense would be a little bit better than they are. Um Look, big big weekend, big uh, reunion weekend. Uh, I'm just going to shout this out cuz we're this late in the podcast only they're listening anyway. But uh, you know, going we got Two J, Doctor Bob, and Brennan coming back. Um, we'll be spending the weekend with uh, Chris Glazer Senior and Doug Jackson, and then heading up to Penn State on Saturday to see Nick play against Penn State. Hopefully, hanging out. Hopefully, getting to bump into Lauren and Marcus, and maybe maybe AP. Uh, so a big weekend of former UVA players and former UVA coaches um, for me. But I don't think that's going to help. Virginia get the win on Friday. I think NC State, short of Calandria just coming out, I mean, we didn't really talk about who should start. I guess there's a chance Musket could start, but I think as much as I argued for it last week, I think it's Calandria's team now. Um, Tony has to ask Tony if Tony or Tony's going to play. Yeah, yeah. Well done. Um, The, uh, the, uh, which of course means Tony Musket's going to start this weekend, but NC State's just too good no matter i mean honestly i think i wanted to be close but i can't kind of feel, figure out how it's going to be um having watched almost all the nc state game last week since virginia played friday night um and watching their other stuff i just think they're too physical for uva um Virginia's had a tough schedule i mean three games against three good opponents um beat up dinged up if virginia can come out and get have some success early maybe they can stick around but uh, 
that's the only hope, but I still can't pick them to win. But I'm gonna, I am going to change my change my score. I'm going to go NC State twenty eight to ten. Ferber, in the preseason, you had NC State winning this game twenty six to twenty. Credit to you for your weird um, score number there. You know, I like that. So far this year, Virginia's had 49-13, 36-35, and 42-14. So, just saying, sometimes the weird numbers, they, they stick out. All right, how you feeling at this point? Yeah, I think we've talked enough about the game, you know, and, like, the, the strategy of it and everything. Um, I think, you know, we've said this a lot. We talked about it before the podcast. Big opportunity game for this coaching staff and program. Um, not saying, like, if you don't win it, like, you know, everybody's fired or anything like that. But, you know, I think as every game goes by, you know, every game, you know, the importance of the next one becomes bigger, even if you're not playing for the postseason or anything, you have to kind of demonstrate some proof that, you know, show us what's possible, show us that, you know, strides are being made. And, and to be frank, like, I think that, I'm not sure how many opportunities they've had for that this year. I mean, the JMU game obviously was a chance and, and they kind of squandered it in the fourth quarter um, to, to kind of demonstrate some proof that it's like, okay, you know, we had a rough first year. We're still not where we want to be, but things are kind of pointed in the right direction. You know, the elevator's going up um, and, you know, they, they just haven't shown us that. And we talked before the podcast, like even Mike London's first year, they weren't very good, but they beat a ranked Miami team. You know, ultimately that didn't mean that everything was great from there, but I mean, like at least it was some, some proof that, you know, the, the team was kind of like, you know, bought in on the schemes and moving in the right direction and learning what they needed to learn and things were possible. This, this staff still needs to show that this game is an opportunity to do that and to sort of like change the trajectory of your season. If you win it um, just because like Dave said, I mean, you have a stretch of BC William and Mary coming up and those aren't gimmies, but like that's probably your best stretch. I mean, you could literally, if things go as good as they could go, you could be three and three going into your bye, and then maybe things aren't so apocalyptic, you know um, what do I think that's going to happen? No, but I mean like it's an opportunity, right? And if you, if you lose badly again, then it's another, it's not just a squandered opportunity. It's sort of like more stuff in the other column that you don't want people to be in. Um, and what, you know, every week the message boards get a little worse and every week Twitter gets a little worse. And it's like, you just don't want to, you know, you need to kind of like, you know, turn the tide or something. So hopefully they can, find a way to do that this week or some point in the near future having said all that nc state 41 uva 14 wow 41 to 14 um i want to tell you a story um <laughs> i had this thing 38 14 uva in the uh, preseason and i had a very specific reason holy for that. cow yeah i, had a very I got specific... that written down on my notes because <laughs> just gonna bring it up if you didn't I had a I had a very specific reason for this, and my reason for that is that I really think that going into the season, I thought Virginia's defense would be much better. I thought the offense would be steady, but I thought that Virginia's defense would give Brendan Armstrong some trouble. Now, having realized the error of my ways, I am now <laughs> I'm not going to flip it necessarily and say NC State thirty eight fourteen. What I am going to say is that is that to kind of echo a little bit of what kind of both of you guys were saying, like this is, 
and I'm, again, I'm not trying to be dramatic. I'm just trying to call it like I see it. This is a this is a fork in the road moment for the season. Okay, you go out and you figure out some way to win this game, right? And a lot of things, at least for a minute, right, will feel differently, right? One, just a win in and of itself is huge. Two, you're beating an ACC team, right? Three, you have two winnable games coming after, right? In a weird sort of way, all seasons sort of are like a, like a flat circle or whatever what that thing was from um, uh, the Matthew McConaughey show that his name is Escaping True Detective. Detective. Um, like, think about that. Like, everything that Virginia could do, like if you, if they win this game and then they, they have two winnable games in front of them, right. It's impossible to sort of think about the, the, what the win would mean without thinking about the other two, they could squander both of those, but the win would still matter. And it would matter now. And to Ferber's point, like everything gets a little worse. The longer this thing goes without a win, the longer this thing goes without some semblance of success. Anyway, I don't want to draw this out anymore. The, the long and short of what I'm trying to get to here is that like there is a fork in the road and Virginia can win this game and almost, I don't want to say change the entire trajectory of a season, but put it season in a different trajectory potential, right? Or it's more of the same and it puts it, the whole thing in a different um, trajectory than even what they are right now. Cause right now it's just like, Oh man, this is really rough. They lose this game 38, 14, Right. And it's and it's like bad, bad. And Brennan goes nuts or whatever. I mean, I'm not saying you can't recover from it because you got to play a bunch of games. But man, it would be a tall task. Even if you come back the next two weeks and get a couple wins. Right. The thing is just not going to feel the same as it would be. So I'm not saying this is like a quote unquote must win or anything like that. I'm just saying that like there's a very real chance that if, if Virginia were to win this game, that it does kind of change the trajectory of things for them. And at the same time, if they get blown out in this thing, it's going to be real hard for a lot of people to not think um, that, you know what, this whole, this entire, uh, this entire like endeavor, this entire exercise, this entire experiment um, needs to be reworked. So um I'm not going to pick NC State to win at 38-14, but I am going to pick NC State to win it. I think it's 28-17. to uh, 17. I, I, I think ultimately Brennan's going to have a lot more success on the ground than he does through the air. I do think he's going to turn the ball over. I would not be surprised if he has more uh, interceptions and touchdowns in this game, but I do expect that that probably won't matter because I think he's going to dice him up a little bit on the ground. And if I'm Bob looking at this, I mean, like that's the perfect blueprint, right? Um let him move around. UVA has to sell out for it, and they just don't have the help on the back end to stop it. Um, I don't necessarily care whether it's Calandria or Musket. I, I still think this is a tough matchup for UVA's defense simply because that 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 front is pretty big. Um, or maybe not necessarily just the front's big. I, I think they're, 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 that their front six or whatever is pretty big. Um and I just think it's a solid defense, man. Like they're physical. Like they're gonna they're gonna make you make plays. And I don't think, um, especially I think it's Ferber who talked about earlier. Now a lot of what they've done with Calandria, a lot of the, what they've been done doing with Malik and uh, with Malachi. I mean, like that stuff's on film, and you're gonna have to start giving them something else um, to open some stuff up. So I think it's gonna it, again. I can't pick Virginia to win it, um, but again, if the thing goes in a different direction. And could have a very, very big impact on things. So we wait and we will see. UVA hasn't been 0-4 in my lifetime. 
Oh, really? I think the last time was 1982. Kind of love that scheduling. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, because they lost to uh, JMU game two and NC State game four that year. Um, check your schedule. So you're saying anyway. that Tony Elliott's the new George Welsh. Wow, Dave. <laughs> yeah, I'm saying it. You got me. Uh, on prop bet, I think Brad already answered it, but will Brennan throw an interception this weekend? I mean, I or Friday seen. night? I think he does. Um, Which would be Virginia's first in a God, long time. <laughs> at least six <laughs> games. I think it might be more than the that. The last quarterback to throw the throw them a pick, <laughs> I believe, was Jeff Sims. Yeah, and he's thrown a few at Nebraska. <laughs> yeah, he's thrown them elsewhere now. Yeah. Brennan's I, got 41 games he's played in. He's thrown an interception in 27 of them. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I my honestly, it's not even so much about him as it is about, I think, UVA's just due for one. Like, yeah, I agree. A ball has to get tipped or something. Like, I mean, something has to go your way at some point with the turnover. I mean, yeah. some of us old heads remember the, the streak. Like, what I would yeah, do for the right. streak now. What was that like? Interceptions? Yeah, like what, I, 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 I remember non-straight games. This. Yeah, that's insane. I mean, I think I think he throws one, but I also think I think if you gave if you were trying to like guess his stat line, I think he's gonna be like. 17 of 24. Like, I don't think he's going to throw the ball a ton. Um, and it'd be like seven for more than that most games this year. I think he'll be like 17 of 24 for like 190 and then like a touchdown and a pick. And then he'll run like 14 times for 98 yards. Yeah. It's been weird this year. So, yeah, this year he just, just because I like making Brad stick around longer. Um, 26 (laughs) throws, 47 (laughs) throws, 32 throws. So twenty six is a low mark against the, Connecticut. The one against wasn't he like twenty two of fifty or something against twenty two of forty seven against Notre Dame. Dame. Yeah, that's um, crazy. But he hasn't gone over like he's just yeah. It's a lot of small passes. So forty seven attempts for two hundred and sixty yards against Notre Dame. I told you thirty two attempts week, for two sixty four against VMI. He has like two hundred yards less than Calandria passing. Yeah. In, yeah, in one ma- in one more game. Um, which means, all, of course, they're going to light us up for 400. Yeah, of course. I mean, yeah, sure. Um, but also, like, if you look at their game against Notre Dame, it kind of was like UVA's Maryland game, where it was like, oh, they're hanging around, they're hanging around, and then it was like interception, 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 um, or yeah, something he threw like three that. three that game. Yeah, and I think a lot of them were late, so. 11 of his 41 career uh, games, he's thrown more than one interception, just for the record. Not that we saw any of those. Real quick, and, and I don't know why I'm I don't know why I'm humoring you with this because you're gonna, <laughs> <laughs> but in the first because the game he the first season when he started he got knocked out against NC, NC State right did he have mm-hmm. an interception that was in their game notes it was insane I was it was like NC State committed targeting against cor- current quarterback Brandon Armstrong and knocked him out of the game I was like what did he have what was his stat line in that game before he it was exited? not good it was bad. They were down like twenty four nothing. No, no, but but I'm saying like how bad was it? Because it was like no. Hold on, I got it. I read it right here. Too late. Uh, It was like early. He had a pick. He was six for nine. Nice with two interceptions and fifty seven yards. So no touchdowns. Only three incompletions, two of which were thrown to the dudes in red. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I remember it was like a really bad start, and it was like you know we that was one where it's like. It's a perfect example of like if you're doing the podcast or writing something, you can use it one way or the other. You can be like, well, Brennan didn't play in that game and they lost. It's like, well, he they were down like seventeen nothing with him in the game. Um, 
So if you want to be like, that's why they lost. They had to play their backup. Um, the reason it made me think of it is when Dave's talking about like in the, his 40, whatever it was, 27 games, he's thrown a pick. And I was like, I'm pretty sure he threw one to NC State too. Um, yep. Which was the only time he's faced them, right? Yeah, yeah, he threw yeah. two to them. There, I mean, I'm sure somebody's done it, but like, it, it, there's got to be some weird stats about like you, people that have thrown interceptions to and from their current and former teams against. Like, Dude, you know, okay. Do you? What, but what if he throws two picks this Friday night? Could he be the first player to throw multiple interceptions from one school to the other and from one school to the other? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, man, that's that's wild. But anyway, all right. Um, you guys got anything else before we wrap up? Or was that just Dave's? Hey, you know, if it goes the way that the LEDs. we just predicted, basketball schedule comes out on Tuesday, right? So uh, That's what I was going to say. Basketball schedule will be out soon. Uh, if you're somebody out there who found the podcast through the website, thank you very much for giving us a listen. If you don't mind, look us up on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Overcast, or wherever it is that you get your programs. If you're not somebody who has found the website yet, check us out, CavsCorner.com. Um, remember basketball? That's a that's a thing. Virginia, nice commitment the other day. Um, we also caught up with uh, Chance Mallory, as well. Um, other recruitments, sort of getting down to the to the nitty gritty. So lots of basketball stuff. In addition to a lot of people who are very frustrated with the football team, just like you. Um, I want to thank all of you out there for supporting the show, and of course, I want to thank Dave and Ferber for giving graciously of their time. As always, very much appreciate all that they do. So for David Spence and Justin Ferber and Brad Franklin, publisher of CavsReport.com, thanks for coming out. We'll see you soon.